What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, I'm going to be doing a solo episode on my running story and basically my entire running journey. I'm kind of going through year by year or at least period of time in my life, going through what was going on with me mentally, physically, how I was doing running wise, emotionally wise and everything. And I think it'll be kind of insightful. And I don't think I've ever really done one of these. Just kind of think of it as a draw my life, but instead I'm talking my life. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I don't know. Okay. We also have some big life updates. Uh, it may sound really echoey in here. And that is because I <laughs> moved back to San Diego and that is where I'm from. So I moved back to my hometown from New York City and I was in New York for only the summer. And honestly, I really enjoyed New York, but I actually also just got a full-time job. So I'm now going to be doing a content creation on top of a full-time job just because I honestly needed to fill my day a little bit more. And I wanted something to focus on other than my own, I guess, personal brand, even though I really enjoyed doing it. Like it wasn't super fulfilling at the end of the day. And I've known this for a couple years now, but I really just didn't take the time and effort to go search for a job. And I finally got one. So I'm actually working remote. So I work from home, um, which is exactly what I've been used to, obviously working for myself. And I'm working as an influencer account manager for a company that I actually worked with on the influencer side. So I think it'll be really fun. And honestly, it's been, it's my second day today. And I think it'll be really good for me mentally. That way I'll just have more creativity in terms of like the creative aspects of my career. And I think it'll just be really healthy balance. And I know I've been all over the place, but I know that this will provide me a lot of stability not even essentially like talking about finance, but just like mental stability, just having something to focus on throughout my day that I'm not like in charge of being creative with is I think really important for me. So yeah, I'll obviously keep you guys along for the journey. And I really want to get back into like YouTube and vlogging and stuff because I think it would be fun just to kind of show like what my real life is, is like a full-time employed person also doing content creation. So I'm excited for that. Anyway, that's why it's a little bit echoey in here. It's very, uh, my apartment, I'm, my apartment is very empty right now, so I need to fill it with things, but yeah. Okay. So let's just get into today's episode. Here we go. Today's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Using Inside Tracker's app for the past couple months, I've definitely been able to tailor my diet to help improve certain biomarkers. So something like my ferritin being a little bit low, adding more iron into my diet, or obviously like I've talked about before, my vitamin D levels supplementing with that every day or eating things like fatty fish to help my cholesterol levels I think has been really important and just something I wouldn't have known anything about without Inside Tracker's help because they track your progress every single day every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a healthier life. If you're someone that loves data and you want to see what is going on inside you, highly recommend you check out Inside Tracker. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/emma that's insidetracker.com slash Emma for 25% off the entire store. Now let's get straight into today's episode.
Okay, where do we even begin with this one? Honestly, I don't even know. I have to think way back. I kind of want this to be organic and I feel like I might go on some tangents every now and again, but isn't that the fun of it? I don't know. This is why I like doing story times or even Instagram lives because I feel like I can just ramble about fun memories that I've had in the past. So this will be the same, just audio version. Okay, let's start all the way at the beginning from like the first thing I remember in terms of running or how I got into it. So I started swimming. I started competitive swimming when I was really young. I think my first swim meet, I was like four or five or something. And yeah, so I was, I was, I guess, considered an endurance athlete back then. <laughs> Not really, but I, I got my start in endurance sports with swimming. So I swam all the way from when I was that age until I was 11. And I was like pretty hardcore, you know, I would be going to like far westerns, western, the zone meets. I don't even know what exists anymore, but if you're a swimmer, then you know, like junior Olympics, whatever. Um, and also around that same age, I started dabbling in youth triathlons. I honestly don't really know why my parents started putting us in youth triathlons or like what my first one even was. <laughs> I just remember really enjoying like the running portion and kind of going along with that. I also would do this running race every year called the Junior Carlsbad. I don't remember what my first year I did it was, maybe when I was like six or seven. I don't even remember, but there was these little half mile to mile races depending on how old you were and I always did really well in them and then I also like just noticed I was a good runner when it came to triathlons so with the combination of both of those at the junior Carlsbad one year and then I started running the Carlsbad 5002 which is the 5k the day after anyway I actually got recruited to run for the San Diego Roadrunners it was a USATF track club and they were really really good back in the day so it was like so fun to be a part of a team that would go to nationals every year and be in contention to win. It was so awesome. And I was really surrounded by a lot of great runners. And I think growing up in California, it also just really set the tone for what competitive running looks like. Because in youth racing, if you're a youth runner or like you experienced it in California, it is so intense. Anyway, I started doing that around age nine, I believe, it was like my first time I went to cross country nationals with them. And then I was also swimming at the time all the way up until I was 11. And at that point, I kind of like in swimming, you have to decide whether or not you're going to go to seniors, which is where you're doing like two days. You have to wake up at like five or four thirty in the morning to go to practice before school. And I also just realized I think I was better at running and there were a lot more running options for college. So I know I was really young, obviously like 11, who am I to make these decisions? But I just knew that I was already getting a little bit burnt out of swimming because I've been doing it for so many years at the competitive level that I was like, I really enjoy running, you know, let's give that a shot full time. So I don't remember my exact times during this time period. The only, honestly, like the first time I really remember recollecting my times is at the end of middle school, but from age 11 until I was through middle school, which was seventh grade which was eighth grade, I had a personal trainer who was also like a world-class professional triathlete and she was my personal trainer. And I would be doing like youth races and be training with her. And it was like really intense. I, I'm not gonna lie, it was like really intense. <laughs> and I don't really know if I would subscribe anyone else to this protocol that I was doing because if I were in their shoes too, I mean, I think I would be doing the same thing. Like I was running really well. My PRs at the end of middle school, okay, it kind of makes me want to throw up because they're so good, but 1736 5K on the roads at age 13, 
1500 meters and a 10 12 3k on the track so yeah i was training a ton obviously i don't know exactly how much mileage i was doing but obviously the intensity was there and i i am completely tuning my own horn because now i'm 24 almost 25 and i can't even fathom running those times right now so that's why i'm just like what and anyway, so obviously like going into high school, I had really high expectations for myself already running those times. I was like, okay, I have time to make a huge splash on the national scene just to get to college and everything. And at this point I already knew that I was going to run in college basically. And that was the main goal is just to get there. And it's important to note that I, at this point in time, like throughout my entire running career, college was the end for me. I never really saw myself becoming an Olympian and I know you, you know, you can reframe your mindset or anything, but I think that kind of, I don't know. I just, when I pictured my running career at that age and even in high school, like I never saw myself going beyond the NCAA level. And I don't know if that affected me in any way when it came to college, like I was just never looking to go to the next level or, you know, maybe that was something I could have put aside if I really desired to. Anyways, I don't know if any of that made sense. Okay, going into freshman year of high school, obviously I had a lot of expectations on myself and just not, I mean, outward pressure a little bit, but I had a great cross-country season, ran ran pretty well the entire year. I believe my time I ran was like 1745 or something at Stanford cross-country meet. And then our team made it to NXN too, which was so much fun like I was having the most fun ever just because I feel like I've been training by myself for a bit of time and to have teammates again and we were just my my high school team was so much fun I can't even explain to you guys how much fun we had and I think maybe that's because we were all like pretty naturally talented and then we just kind of got away with goofing around I'm like really tooting my own horn but I'm speaking for my entire team like we didn't even know what NXN was before we basically qualified for the meet. And I know that's hard to believe now, but social media wasn't a thing back then, guys. Like, social media literally didn't exist. Instagram did not exist at this time. So how else would you really know about NXN unless you were, like, actively checking, you know, running websites, which me at age 14 was not doing. So, yeah, track season came around, and I ran 4.58 for my first mile ever in high school, which... Now I'm like, that was amazing. Why didn't I really understand that? But yeah, I ran, I broke five for the first time. My first mile race I ran in high school or 1600, 1600. And then I also ran a 1033, 3200 at Arcadia, which was also something I was like very happy with. But then by the end of the season, I actually had a bad Achilles injury and I had to drop out of like our San Diego section uh, prelims, I think. And that was like really upsetting because obviously I'd been having a really good year and yeah, I mean, no one, it's just like, it's also Achilles injuries are like really painful. So it was just really frustrating to keep running on it and just like, I just knew it wasn't getting better. So I just decided to drop out and call it my season there. Anyway, I was a freshman and whatever. Sophomore year comes around. I had a, I, again, I had a pretty good cross country season. I ran another 17 40 something 1750 like I didn't really improve that much I would say it was just about the same and our team also made it to NXN again which was so exciting and literally 
so much fun. I can't explain to you guys. Um, then track season came around and I ran a 453, 1600, a 1024, 3200, which I was so happy about. I like broke our school record and I was so excited. And honestly, like I was just having the best time ever with my teammates. Like we, I obviously like we trained pretty hard, but it was so fun. And I think that is the main thing that I recommend to any high schooler these days is like, you really need to cherish these moments, especially when you're younger in high school. Don't stress yourself out. Like it's all about creating memories because I have literally created memories that I had in high school at these beginning years or whatever. I will have these memories for the rest of my life because I just had so much fun and just didn't care that much like to the T about what I was doing. I literally like we would we would literally go off into like the bushes during practice or like our six mile run would take us two hours because we would stop so many times and our coach would like, I just remember him having to limit our, you know, our six mile run to an hour one time because we would just goof off so much and like not get back in time anyway. And I think it's what really helped keep me sane throughout like the rest of my high school career. Um, I also got to go to Brooks PR that year, which was so fun. That was indoor season. I did really bad. I'm pretty sure I got last, but that was like my first experience into true, like elite, elite distance running. And I mean, yes, it was a shock to the system, but the entire experience of like being able to go to Brooks PR and meet all these people and just like see people from all walks of life. Again, social media didn't exist. So you weren't following all these people on Instagram. If you didn't know them, you didn't even like you didn't know anything about these people. So you would go to these meets and you would hang out with, like I would hang out with all the two milers at Brooks PR and I would be like, okay, what, you know, is Molly Seidel like? Or what is, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of who else was there. I don't know. There's, there were so many people there that I like look back now. I look at pictures and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's just so funny. Anyway, okay. I would say junior year of high school is where I really started to go through puberty. Obviously, if you know anything about like my background and my other like social media platforms, I'm pretty open about the puberty experience that I had. And basically over the course of my high school career, I grew eight inches and gained 50 pounds. So I went from being 5'2 my freshman year to 5'10 by the end of my senior year. So it was just a really big difference in the way that running felt. And it took a lot and it took a bit of time to adjust to that. Running obviously felt different as someone that is 5'10 compared to 5'2. Running obviously felt different. Just like my form, like everything about it felt different. And my junior year is when I really started to notice that. Like my cross country times started to decline a little bit. I mean, I definitely wasn't bad at cross country by any means, but it just wasn't as impressive as I guess like my first two years of cross country. We, our team didn't make it to NXN this year. I was really upset and I did not make it to Foot Locker Nationals. So that was really sad. But again, like at this point in time, I just kind of knew that like cross country just felt a little bit harder. So I'm going to focus on the track. Like I had grown a lot and I had definitely gotten a lot stronger. So I was like, let me focus on, you know, bringing my mile time down because my 3200, 1024 was all like pretty good back then, but my mile time like could get lower a little bit. So my junior year, I ended up running a 451, 1600 and a 1036, 3200. So my 3200 time increased, as you can see, by like a decent amount, which like obviously I wasn't super content about, but I was really happy that I got to focus on just a different event that made me feel better. I felt so much stronger running the mile than I had in the past. And I think that just kind of like 
that year definitely solidified my switch from like a distance runner to more of a middle distance runner. And I think it just suited my physique a little bit better if that, if that makes any sense. Like I was just, you know, taller and a lot stronger than before. So my senior year, again, just did not have the best cross country season. I don't even remember what my times were. Something that was, you know, the same basically as my junior year. And it just, I honestly like wasn't, again, I wasn't like too concerned about it because I just had a lot of goals on the track that I wanted to achieve. Like going into my senior year track season, I was really, really motivated. Like I wanted to make it to Brooks PR and I wanted to make it to the dream mile. I was so motivated. I completely switched up my training the winter going into my senior year track season because I knew that if I didn't do something about it, like my training, that I wasn't going to be able to improve on times that in the past. I would say like a lot, I had just such a strong base. Like I was doing so many mileage I was doing so many miles for so many years, just base training or just a lot of tempo work, but I never worked on the speed aspect ever. And I knew like to be a good miler, obviously you need to incorporate speed work. And that was something I wanted to prioritize going into my senior year track season. The same with strength training. That is something I never did at all. Like literally did not touch weights until basically my senior year track season. And I like, signed up for this program that kind of told me how to lift weights a bit. And they also put me through like these speed training workouts. Honestly, I think it was a little excessive. Like the other people I was working out with were like sprinters, like 400 runners. So like, obviously they were trying to cater it to me a little bit, but like the, the group I was training with just wasn't really catered exactly to what I wanted to do. But I think also like the person I was working with at that time, during like that off season of the winter, because California doesn't have indoor track, they really also helped me believe in myself a bit more. The, I remember the person telling me like, you can run 440 in the mile or you can, you can run 204 in the 800. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what are you talking about? But I think just kind of hearing his belief in me, I was like, okay, maybe I can do it. The, th the tough thing about my senior year too, is that basically all of my teammates graduated that were the same caliber as me so I was training alone which got kind of annoying after a while but honestly I think my coach really helped me make my training my own if that makes sense like obviously I would tell him what I was doing but I think he trusted me enough to kind of create my own workouts in a way and I think it worked out really well I ended up running a 447 full mile so that was like a 445 1600 which I was so content with and then my 3200 which was so funny to me because I think for the entirety of the track season I was really only doing speed work like it was one giant taper season for me I was probably running 20 miles a week compared to my usual like 40 to 50 I was running 20 miles a week and it was just like straight 200s like straight speed work and again I don't recommend like it's so personalized and it was so personalized to my entire running experience from like when I was 11 on like I needed to do this to end my high school career but again not I don't want someone to go out there and run 200s for the entirety of the track season anyway just to preface that, I was very surprised because I ended up running a 10-23-3200, which was a PR, and I had basically just done nothing that was really, I guess, catered towards the, the 3200, but obviously was very pleasantly surprised with that one. I ended up qualifying to Brooks PR. I just missed the Dream Mile qualifier. I got second in this race. I got outkicked, and 
oh, I'll never let myself live it down because I really wanted to go to that race. But I got to go to Brooks PR again, which I had been three years in a row at that point. And it was just a great experience to cap off my entire high school career. I mean, there were definitely bumps in the road. I, since I grew so much, I definitely got injured at times. The only really major one that took me out for a while was that Achilles one my freshman year, but I had so many aches and pains. I had Oshkud slaughters, which I had to wear like these knee bands at Brooks PR one year because it was so bad. I had a lot of IT band issues and some piriformis issues, but what I would do is I would go to a chiropractor every week and I really thank my parents because I know it was expensive, but I would go to a chiropractor almost every week just to kind of keep me healthy and everything. And I also was not the best about stretching or anything. So, and I also think strength work would have helped me a bit during this time just to like keep me healthier because I definitely got banged up a decent amount, but it only keep me out for a couple days or I just, I don't know. I, I, there was never any season ending ones other than that Achilles one. So yeah. And then let's talk a little bit about the recruiting experience because I know that's something that a lot of people have asked me about and I just like haven't really touched on it because a lot of the recruiting process has changed now and I honestly am not really familiar with the new one. So for me, you could start talking to coaches July 1st going into your senior year and it would be a really exciting day because obviously like you'd be getting a lot of phone calls. Um, I mean, just depending on who you are, but prior to that, like coaches I think could send you a bunch of letters. I wonder if they still do that because you would just get like, I would get letters my freshman year. I'm like, what is this? I can't commit until like November of my senior year. Why am I getting letters my freshman year? But I remember the first one I got was from UCLA and it was like this blue and gold one. And it was just like really exciting. But yeah, my senior year, July 1st, I got called by quite a few schools, which, you know, was, was really exciting. And I remember some of them like Stanford called me Vanderbilt, Michigan maybe I don't know there I I, it's so long ago now that was 2014 so I like hardly even remember anymore but basically I went on four visits and I went to Vanderbilt University of Texas Georgetown and Berkeley to be honest I don't really think I did the recruiting process very well I think I wasn't very good at negotiation and I didn't really stand up for myself which now like being in being self-employed, I like look back on that. I'm like, what was I doing? But that's like the hard thing about being that age is you honestly don't really know what you're doing. Like you're literally 17 years old trying to negotiate these, these like huge scholarship offers or whatever, like trying to pin different schools against each other, like amounts and stuff. So it's like kind of crazy. I wonder if that process has changed now because like, how are you supposed to know as a 17 year old, how much money you deserve at whatever school? Anyway, I ended up making the decision to go to Vanderbilt because I really liked the coach and it seemed like they had a really close team culture, which obviously was something I really enjoyed in my high school career. So Vanderbilt is in Nashville, Tennessee. When I went there, honestly, very big culture shock. (laughs) I will say it was like very preppy. I'm from San Diego, very laid back, chilled. This is like very preppy. And also the school was so hard. I can't emphasize that enough like I I feel like I got good grades in high school I got like pretty good SAT scores and everything um obviously they could get into Vanderbilt but like I don't think I realized how hard the actual school part was going to be and also they didn't have the business degree I wanted so yeah like honestly I look back and I'm like why why did I make that decision but I, I anyway so when I first got to college I It was just like a big shock. And I think a lot of people in their freshman year kind of go through this. It is just so exhausting. 
And I don't want to like intimidate or scare anyone, obviously, but like your freshman year is just such a big transition period of your life because you're going from like your parents taking care of you most of the time. Like you're living at home, your parents cook you meals and everything. School is like hard, but you know, you go from like eight to two or whatever, and then you're done for the day, maybe a little bit of homework. College is just so different because you're walking so much on top of doing like double days for running. And like the intensity is turned up at most schools. Like my intensity of training was definitely turned up. Like I remember having to do a five mile tempo run and guys, I had never done anything more than a three mile tempo run. And those were already hard for me. So like going from that to doing a five mile tempo run, I was like, what is going on? Like I cannot hang. I, we also started like lifting weights and we lifted pretty heavy at Vanderbilt. Like I remember there was this one time, I don't know what exercises we were doing, but I was so sore. My roommate and I had to like hold on to the bathroom stalls to like be able to lower us ourselves down onto the toilet seat. Like that's how sore we were. Anyway, that combined with like the amount of walking around and also just like how hard school was and tutoring and everything. And obviously like if you're traveling your freshman year, you also have to add that on top of it. Like it, it's just a ton on the body. And I that was just like such a big transition period for me. And I just felt so tired all the time. Like that's all I remember doing. Like I was just so busy and so tired. And we also had morning practice, which is something I was not used to. And also was humid in Tennessee, which is something I wasn't used to. So there was just like a lot of stuff in terms of like making my decision to transfer. I kind of decided like two months after I got there that I was like, I don't know if this is like the exact place I want to be in terms of like my running career. I kind of realized I wanted to put more emphasis on running over school and maybe that sounds bad, but I don't know. Like they didn't have the business degree I wanted and I just felt like the training wasn't really catered to me, especially after like my senior year when I saw so much improvement with my speed work, we were doing just so much base training. I kind of felt like I was regressing a little bit in terms of like the way the training style that best suits me. So I honestly, I did not expect to transfer in the middle of my freshman year. That was definitely not my goal. I had no idea how the transfer process works at all. So basically I just, I thought like I was a normal student and I had to tell people like months in advance to be able to do the transfer process. But then I found out like later that that's not the case, but, and everything has changed now. So I honestly don't know. But, like, the pros and cons that I weighed, like, obviously Vanderbilt's a really good school. There was really good resources for everything, and I really did like the team, but I just felt like it wasn't the place for me. Like, I, I honestly, I don't recommend people transfer right after their freshman year if they've been, like, injured, they haven't traveled, they haven't experienced, like, the full student-athlete experience. Like, if you're redshirting, you really don't get that experience of, like, traveling and everything, and if you're not working out or if you're injured or anything, like you're not experienced the full extent of what that school can offer you. But for me, like I traveled all throughout that cross country season, raced, whatever, did the whole school thing. And I just felt like, you know, I don't know if it's going to get any better for me. And yeah, so basically I had the most like mortifying conversation with my college coach. She had no idea it was coming. And I honestly felt so bad. Like I will never forget the face that she made during those meetings of just her being mortified by me saying these things. Cause like she had no indication. I wasn't outwardly saying that I was unhappy or anything, but anyway, at this time you can only, there's like no transfer portal. Now there's like this whole portal system and I still don't know how that works. But for me back in the day, you had to get released to certain schools and I got released to UNC Colorado and Oregon. And now looking back, I 
definitely am so glad that Oregon worked out because I don't think the training at either of the other schools really would have been beneficial for me or like UNC I feel like would have been pretty close to Vanderbilt so anyway honestly Oregon and Colorado felt like a long shot for me because I hadn't really talked to either of those coaches in the initial recruiting process in high school I remember my my Oregon coach didn't really give me the time of day at all so (laughs) when she emailed me back and basically like I remember the first phone conversation we had she was like oh well why don't you just come in the winter and I was like, what? Because at Vanderbilt, we were on semesters. So I, I, had, I was going to be finishing my semester, going into my second semester. But at Oregon, it starts with quarters. So basically, after my first initial phone call with my coach at Oregon, I was like, oh, my goodness. This person wants me at the University of Oregon for running. Like, how can I turn this down or whatever? So basically, I had my parents talk to her on the phone and, like, obviously settle the financial situation of all of it and before I knew it, I was literally packing up all my stuff in Nashville to move to Oregon without even visiting. I didn't take a visit at all. And I became a duck and so unexpected, honestly, but I am really glad that it worked out that way. Like, I'm really glad I just, I guess, made the decision. And if I wasn't happy, I just decided to leave because yeah, it was a very, very stressful process, but it was super quick. And before I knew it, I was literally in Eugene, Oregon with like a whole new team. I remember I walked under the grandstands and my coach like was kind of weird about this like she never really really tell people when new people were being added to the team so there'd be some times where like someone would just join the team on a random day and you'd be like what and this is what happened to me so I walked underneath the Hayward Field grandstands and I walked in with like my bright pink neon Brooks clothes and I just walked on the grandstands and my coach was like hey guys meet your new teammate Emma And everyone just stared at me in such confusion. And I was like, oh my goodness, I feel so uncomfortable. Also, when I first went to Oregon, I was so nervous, as I think anyone would be, because I was like, oh my goodness, this training is about to destroy me. I'm about to get destroyed by everything and everyone. Like, that's just basically what my attitude was, but I was ready for it. I was ready to take on the challenge because in college, since this was, I felt like it was going to be my final stage of my running career. I was like, I want to go all in. I want to do whatever I can to be good at running. So obviously that's why I made the decision to go to Oregon. And the first thing I realized was one, the team was super cool. I mean, I knew a few people on the team just from being from California and racing them in the past, like Nikki Hiltz and Sarah Baxter are two people that I raced frequently and they were on the team my freshman year. So the team was like super cool, super fun attitude. School was way easier. I will admit way easier than Vanderbilt. And I had so much more free time in the day. I don't know what that was. Like I still had tutoring and everything, but I just felt like I had a lot more free time. And I also lived off campus. What I also realized is about that the training was so much more catered to me. And like the thing I realized pretty quickly right off the bat in terms of training is that it was just very smart. That was the first thing that kind of comes to mind when I think about it, because it really catered to, I guess, my strengths. Like we definitely didn't overtrain. Honestly, if anything, we were undertrained. And then my coach just instilled so much confidence into us that I think that's kind of where the Oregon confidence comes from. We get up to the starting line and like, I feel like the coaches just genuinely expect excellence out of you and they know that you can do it. And I feel like that's just pumped into you every single day at practice. The easy runs were really easy and the workouts were obviously like hard, but I wasn't feeling that exhaustion I was feeling on a day-to-day basis at Vanderbilt. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the training or if it was just like my overall lifestyle, but I definitely just felt a lot better on a day-to-day basis. 
And I ended up PRing. I ran a 424 my freshman year in the 1500. And I was absolutely ecstatic with that. But the thing is, is that if you go to a school like Oregon, people aren't going to be really that ecstatic for you unless you're making it to NCAAs or you're scoring at Pac-12s like right off the bat. That's the thing about these big schools. It's like they expect you to perform pretty quickly off the bat. I wouldn't consider it a developmental program like what I was in. It was definitely like you're expected to do this and you better do it. And if not, like you're going to fall behind. And I'm just really glad that I went to Oregon one with like a pretty strong mental headspace like especially coming from California I was used to getting beaten and I also knew that like I wasn't the best and it takes a lot of hard work to become the best and I think if you come to from if you come to like a big school from somewhere where you're always the best it might just be a little bit I don't know if it's like humbling or whatever but yeah like obviously I was being humbled every day but I was kind of used to that already like being from California and getting beaten a lot so Yeah, that's kind of how I felt after my freshman year. I also went through like a little party phase, which is just not really like me. I mean, I like to go out every now and again, but my freshman year, I was going out way too much. And I think it's just because, again, it was just like little college or whatever, but that's like not tolerated. So that ended very quickly. (laughs) Anyway, going into my sophomore year was when I kind of let expectations, I think, get the best of me. And that's kind of when I felt my mental health kind of start to deteriorate. And I think that's one, because I put a lot of pressure on myself. Obviously, like, being at a school like Oregon, you have to do well to, like, travel and everything and be put in good heats and everything. So I definitely put that pressure on myself. Obviously, there's outward pressure as well. But then also, I don't think I had enough, like things to do outside of running like school was really easy but I really didn't have an interest in I didn't have that much schoolwork that would take up my mental headspace and then I didn't really do anything outside of that because running was like the main focus and I think that's why my mental health kind of started to deteriorate during my sophomore year like I just remember the winter being really rough and that was also I had a really bad Achilles injury I had to take six weeks off during indoor season to heal that I like would be in our rec center staring down at Hayward Field seeing everyone working out and I would just be slaving away on this elliptical creating a puddle underneath me. Honestly, I'm just really glad that I grew up as like a swimmer or just like cyclist. Like I feel like I knew how to cross train really well. Also just from being injured every now and again in high school, I think that really helped me. So having that cross training definitely helped that. And I was like obviously still motivated. I went like six days a week to cross train. So yeah, my sophomore year, I made it to, I ran through the regional meet and then they decided to put someone else in because of seniority for cross country nationals. So I didn't end up running a cross country nationals, but then obviously they didn't have a good indoor season. I like ran one race after coming back from um, that Achilles injury and I did awful. And then I, (laughs) this is so um, dramatic, but I just remember I was riding in the bus on the way home from Seattle from that like meet and I think I ran like 456 or something in the mile which like just was not that good for me at that time and I just remember listening to drama by Drake on the bus ride home and like shedding tears because I was just like so upset with myself and I think because I was just like not having a good time anymore like that's what it came down to is my mental health was just like not very good and I was just like I don't know I was just kind of down in the dumps that year um my sophomore year outdoor track season, I did fairly well again. I ran 420 for the 1500, which was like another big PR. 
which I was really happy about, especially because I felt like my mental headspace like wasn't that good. And also I was really like severely struggling with my body image at this time. Like it would affect me every single day and every single time I stepped up to the start line. Like I just remember putting on the Oregon uniform and just crying because I just hated the way I looked at my uniform and that, I mean, it really, really affects your performance on race day. I mean, if you're not happy with the way that you feel in your uniform, how are you expected to race confidently or like come to the starting line confidently? And I think I like, I'm honestly just really impressed with myself and really proud of myself for being able to run a PR because I, I honestly like looking back, I don't know how I did that because I was just so, I was just struggling a lot. And then yeah, I made it to regionals. I made it to regionals the prior year too as a freshman, but I made it to regionals um, again as a sophomore for outdoor track in the 1500 and it went terribly. It was in Kansas and like the race got postponed because of lightning and then it turned into a straight final. And that's when I knew it was going to be bad because it turned into a straight final. Like we were all warmed up for prelims. And when they said, okay, just kidding, we're all going to go straight through to the final because there's lightning. I was so relieved. And that's when it's like, what... Like I was, I was like so happy that I didn't have to race that day. And I'm like, that is like sad. Like I should be excited to race or whatever, but that's when I knew that it wasn't going to go well because I was relieved that I got to not race that day. And yeah, of course, when I came to the final, like I checked out very soon. Like I just didn't feel good and I checked out and I did bad at regionals and I didn't make it to the finals. And then Oregon charters a plane ride to wherever regionals is usually. And I just remember that plane ride back being like so bad for me. Cause I was just like, it was just like a lot of self pitying as well because half of the plane is really excited because they made it to NCAAs. And then half the plane is really sad because their season's over and they did bad or whatever. So I was on that end and it was just frustrating because I was on that end for the second year in a row. And yeah, I think my junior year, I was just like my cross country season. I was like, I am so fed up with, I guess, caring about my appearance or whatever and I just remember like flipping a switch where I was just like I'm gonna stop like stressing so much about the way that I look quick break to talk about today's sponsor of today's episode which is Green Chef I've been working with Green Chef for I think it's been over a year now and as you guys know I am obsessed with them Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal cook company. They make eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or you're just looking to eat healthier, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. And every single Green Chef meal I've made has been absolutely immaculate. Literally, they taste so fresh and they're so flavorful. All the ingredients are hand-picked and delivered straight to your door, contact-free. So you can let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week, making it so easy. You know what? Green Chef is gonna be so helpful for me now that I started my full-time job because literally the recipes take about 30 minutes and ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. So you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. So I like to switch between the brands just depending on how my taste buds change. If you guys are interested, go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Now let's get back into the episode. I read this book called Intuitive Eating and it honestly changed my life. It really helped me fuel for performance and to fuel to make me feel 
better. And I felt like in the past, you know, I was kind of, I was like emotionally eating a lot because I think I was just like upset and I just, I wasn't fueling my body as an athlete. And I think, I think it really clicked for me my junior year where I was like, I like, I'm so tired of really worrying about the way I look. I just want to feel good. So that's what I did going into my junior year cross country season. And yeah, I made the travel team again, which was um, really exciting and was scoring for the team a lot of the season. And that was the year that we won NCAA cross country nationals. And I was able to be a part of that team. And that was again, one of the most amazing experiences, even though I was seventh on the team, and I didn't even score I was so happy to just be a part of the team because like in high school my senior year I wasn't even really good at cross country I don't even remember what place I got at state but I like didn't qualify to I didn't qualify to NXN I didn't qualify to Foot Locker like I just never really saw myself as a cross country runner until I got to Oregon and I was like okay I can actually like make a difference and like be a part of this team if I really try and I like really change my perspective and that's what I did especially my junior year I was like I like it is daunting for me to be a scorer on such a good team, but I was like, I want to do this. And my teammates, like especially just really stepped it up that NCAA time period. And like everyone ran to their full potential. And yeah, it was just something that was like really special to be a part of that team and something I'll forever cherish because I can't even believe that I was a part of that team. Cause if you would have asked me in high school, my senior year, Hey Emma, do you think you're going to be on an NCAA winning cross country championship team? I would have been like, absolutely not. Like, that was just not the headspace I was in. And I honestly just did not think I was capable of that until it actually came true that year. So obviously coming off a really good cross country season, I was so motivated for track season. I was like, I'm going to destroy my PRs. And I also really want to break 440 indoors. I had never had a good indoor season. So I don't know. Like, I think I, I was also like, this is probably the most stressful year of school, which is probably good for me because it definitely keep my, kept myself distracted from like just running. But I just had such a good head on my shoulders. I was so confident at this time. I was really enjoying running. Like I would wake up and instead of dreading my runs, like I would really enjoy it. And I, I definitely did not have as many body image issues, which is something that was so freeing to me because it was something I'd struggled with for like the past two years every single day. And I felt like this was the first time period where I genuinely didn't think about it and like wasn't the first thing that I thought about when I was waking up in the morning. And I think that just like really helped my confidence overall. So I ended up breaking 440. I ran 439 that indoor season, which was so exciting and something that I never thought I was going to be able to do. Then kind of channeling that over into outdoor track season, which is the thing that Oregon focuses on the most. I was like, okay, I want to make it to NCAA track. Like I want to make it to the NCAA championship meet. Like I know I can, I just ran 439. I didn't qualify for internationals. I was like just on the cusp and I was so sad, but you know what? You win some, you lose some. I was motivated for track season. I was motivated for the outdoor track season and I ended up getting my wisdom teeth out right between indoor and outdoor track. And then I ran a PR the first race I ran right after that because I ran fearless. That was the thing is I remember going into that race. I've talked about it on my YouTube channel, but I just got my wisdom teeth out. I had no expectations. We were in California. It had just been raining for like 150 days in a row in Oregon. And we were finally in sunny California. And I was like, I want to just have fun today. And I'm going to put myself at the front of the race and just see what happens. Because I feel like a lot of the time for me in college, I ran very timidly. And I think that was because I was intimidated by my surroundings. And I I just didn't feel like I was good enough. And then that race, I was like, I'm just going to decide to run in the front. And that's what I did. And I ended up running a PR right off the bat after like not training for a week because of my wisdom teeth. And I ran 418. I was so happy with that, obviously. And I just like felt so good. Like that year was just a year of me feeling great. And I PR'd again, but it was like a very small PR with another 418. And then 
made it to regionals, made it to the regional final, which I was the first thing that was the first time I'd ever done that. And I was like, okay, we have one more race and like, just get through this and you make it to NCAAs. And the race was so tactical. And I just like, didn't have it in me to close in under 60 second last lap. And I think that's what I kind of realized is like, that's the speed that you need to have to, to like be in the elite of the elite in the NCAA. You need to be able to close in sub 60. I feel like to be competitive and tactile in a tactical race. And I just like, didn't have it in me. And obviously I was pretty sad about that, but I was just like really thrilled, honestly, that whole year. Like I just had a really good head on my shoulders and I was finally feeling confident again, which is just something that like, I, I feel like I struggled with basically all throughout my college career until this year. And yeah, again, it was another tough plane ride home because half the plane is excited about making it. Half the plane is upset. And again, for the third year in a row, I was upset, but I have also like, I, I don't know. I was just really proud of myself. So I, I honestly wasn't that too, too upset. I like didn't cry or anything, but I was just like, you know what, what can you do? And then enter social media. This is where social media started for me. This is when I started basically my food Instagram and my YouTube channel. I started my YouTube channel going into my senior year of college and I mean, obviously that you could say like my life changed in that way. And the thing is for me, I felt like, I don't know what it was, but like I was in Eugene for the summer, started my YouTube channel that July or whatever, obviously was having a really fun time with it, but I really started dealing with mental health issues at this time again too. And it had nothing to do with social media, like having extra eyeballs on me. I didn't really care about it. And honestly, it made it so much fun. I think for me, I just kind of realized that like running was coming to an end. And I felt like the year before I had basically given it all that I had left in me kind of, of like my running to career. I feel like I squeezed everything out of me. Like I dedicated my whole entire life to running that last year. And I just felt like I wasn't going to be able to replicate it this year because my mental headspace just wasn't in the same place. And I don't know if that's because I knew my senior year was coming to an end. And like, I mean, I was not good enough to get a pro contract. Like at the end of the day, if you run a 439, like you're not going to get a pro contract. It just doesn't, I mean, you can work for years and maybe improve on that. But like, I also wanted to be financially stable. So like, I knew that I wasn't going to be running professionally after that, like maybe for fun. Yes. But also at this time, like I knew I was getting more and more burnt out as that summer went on. And it honestly kind of worried me because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the year like feeling like this. And I think that's where the YouTube channel really came in helpful for me, especially that cross country season, because it made it, it made it fun again for me because I need, I need other things going on in my life outside of running to keep myself sane. And I feel like the YouTube channel, obviously going on these trips and focusing on something other than the race is really helpful for me. So I really credit my ability to like get through that cross country season to my fellas as I should call them but all the people watching my YouTube channel because it really kept it fun for me and I think I really needed that at that time period then enter going into that indoor track season this was really when like I just felt so burnt out this was the first time in my life where I was like I I finished my break and I was like I don't think I can start again and like oh my gosh I was just having like the hardest time coming back to running and 
I think it's because I was so worried that my mental headspace just wasn't in the same place as last year. And I wasn't going to be able to outperform that of what I did the year before. And it like hit a certain point where I knew that that was going to be the case. And this is when I talk about like, you have to have, you have to be on, like if you're running at this elite level, like you, your mental headspace has to be in a good place to be able to perform well, or else it's just like, it can become a mess. And honestly, I felt like I was becoming a mess as that indoor track season went on and it got to a point where I was like, I just, I had this mental breakdown on the track and like, it wasn't, it wasn't impulsive, but it's like, I just knew, like, I just knew that it had to come to an end here soon because it was just going to keep getting worse and worse. And that sounds like, obviously I did not want my NCAA career to end like that. And that's definitely not how I expected it to go, but oh my gosh, I'm like getting emotional right now. (laughs) Um, I'm like literally crying a lot in my apartment. This is really embarrassing. Um, no, it's not. Who cares? Anyway, I just, I think it was just the combination of like so much internal pressure on myself. And there's like, I guess the environment just like wasn't the best because it was so competitive. There just like wasn't anything really going on for me outside of running. And I feel like having so much focus on running kind of drove me to the brink of what happened. Like I just kind of needed to stop and because I knew it wasn't going to get any better. And I have no regrets at all. Like I, I mean, I look back and I'm like, oh man, I wish I could have run my like last season of eligibility for outdoors. But like I had, I have no regrets over what I did because I just know my mental headspace at the time just was not good. And I wouldn't have been able to, you know, make it to NCAAs or like do any things I wanted to do because I just wasn't there mentally. And college is hard because it's like, you have to be like, everything is in such a time crunch. Like four years may seem like a lot of time, but at the end of the day, it really isn't like if I really needed to take time off a week, wasn't going to do it at this point. I needed to take months off. And thankfully because of my YouTube channel, I actually got recruited to work for a track and field agent as a part of their like social media team. And I was graduating early already, which was really helpful because I decided to stop running in the middle of my indoor track season. And that was so hard, obviously like a really tough conversation with my coach and something that I feel like I honestly couldn't really explain because I have been someone that has had like a good head on my shoulders. And again, it was like the Vanderbilt thing. I had not really been openly talking about it. So like my coach was obviously surprised, but at the end of the day, it's like, she's not going to force me to run, you know? And I was already graduating in March and I just decided to go to Atlanta. And that's when I like started my, that first full-time job. And it was just, it was honestly really hard. I don't think it was like the best job to go into because I feel like I really needed to distance myself from the running world. And instead I was like kind of doing the opposite because I like was so burnt out with running. I needed to step away. And honestly, like this entire career I've had, like being self-employed, I just have not stepped away from the sport of running. And I think it's kind of prolonged, like healing the relationship I've had with running because I definitely feel like I'm in such a better place now compared to what I was then. But it, Granted, it's like almost four years later now, like it's over three years later and I still don't feel like I'm fully healed. And I know a lot of people that are like maybe older and kind of have already experienced this. They say, they tell me that they're like, oh, it takes like years and years. Like you're so young. You have so much life ahead of you, obviously, like in terms of running. And I definitely understand that, but it's just like frustrating because I like, I wish I still had like that relationship with running that, oh my gosh, I'm like really getting emotional over this. I don't know. I've talked about this. I don't know if it was like in a YouTube channel on my YouTube channel or like where it was, but I like envy people that 
that come out of college and like they have like these perfect maybe not perfect that's like an exaggeration but they have like really good relationships with running or just like have desire to continue and I feel like I just didn't on both ends of that like I just I don't know I feel really content with my running career but like also I just like I didn't have a good relationship with it <laughs> this is this is like <laughs> probably listening is like you're being so dramatic but like when this is your whole life it's really hard to like I don't know just go from something that's like so structured for you or something that you've like set goals with like your entire life to just be like okay what now you know I think the conversation is becoming more open these days about it but like I don't know at this point I just felt so alone because a lot of my teammates were either still competing or like I felt like the majority of them go on to run after college like whether that's for fun or just for like continuing to race and I just like I really envy that because I was like I wish I had that mental headspace that I had back then or like my junior year of college but I just don't anymore and I I don't know if that stems from you know me in like middle school being like the college is the end like I never really saw myself becoming an Olympian but like I feel like after college because I didn't have the opportunity really to I mean of course I had the opportunity I could do I could pick like a normal job or whatever I don't have to go become like a running content creator but I like had this opportunity and I felt like I wanted to take advantage of it and I just feel like Maybe it didn't really give me the opportunity to heal as much as, like, as fast as I would have otherwise. But anyway, so, like, that year after, the year after college was, like, just so rough. Because it's, like, my entire identity was wrapped up in running. Like, every single aspect of it. Like, my, the fact that I'm, the fact that I'm, like, emotional about this, like, kind of shows that it still is. Like, I keep saying, like, but because my whole life all my emotions have been surrounded about running and like all my feelings of self-worth and self-fulfillment have been catered, have been surrounding running. It's so hard to just graduate college and be like, okay, where do I find my self-worth now? Like, and it's not like I would wake up every day being like, oh my gosh, like I am not worth anything or just like, I feel worthless. It's more just like, I can't get back to that place of like feeling good about myself because I'm not running or like I'm not running well or like I don't have that same mental stamina I used to have in terms of running and that's where I beat myself up like that's that's kind of a lot of where like my mental health I think has suffered over the last couple years just because my self-worth and like fulfillment with life in general just is wrapped around being good at running and like accomplishing these goals but then also it's like this is the time period where I need to transition into like normal real adult life where it's like I'm not trying to make the NCAAs anymore now it's like I need to find that balance of like work and also running for enjoyment and like fulfillment but maybe that doesn't mean running a fourth or near nine mile like maybe that means you know getting in six runs a week or like slowly building up mileage just to be able to run with friends again like I just don't I don't know I've definitely like prolonged the process of like healing my burnout with running because I have kind of like you know, jumped into a few things like running that marathon or even like training for triathlon last year. Like I just like, yes, I definitely feel like I'm in a better place, but I think I just need to find that like balance in my life before I like go head on into training for something because I'm just like not mentally ready. Like physically, I'm totally fine. That year also after graduating from college, like I had to go through my second round of puberty and fix all of my hormones because that is something that like I needed to be done after college and something I had been working with like the kind of colleges about and like definitely was a main priority for me over the next year so like my body changed a ton and 
again, back came my body image issues just because I was dealing with so many body changes and also doing that in front of the internet that like expects me to look a certain way because I was Emma the organ runner like was so hard and like obviously I've gotten so much support and I've like put out so many videos about it or whatever and I've talked about it very openly and I, I really appreciate everything but it was, I mean it was still hard just kind of opening up about that to the internet or just like talking about it in general like even now like it's not easy to go on a podcast to talk to thousands of people about you know what I've been struggling with after college and like how I don't have this perfect relationship with running yet and I don't know if I ever will I mean who does have like this picture perfect relationship with running but yeah I mean it's something that I'm like I'm not embarrassed about because I think it should be talked about more because if I'm feeling this way there's definitely other people that are feeling this way as well and that's what I think about for anything that I share on the internet like I know that I'm not alone in this and I've definitely come to know this just from like you know that first body image video I put out when I was back in college the amount of feedback I got I was it's honestly made me really upset because I was like, I didn't know this many people are struggling, struggling with body image in like the female running community. And that just shows that like, there's a problem or people need to be more open about talking about it. So that's why I'm like constantly just, I guess, talking about, you know, what I've been struggling with, because I think it's really important, especially as like a post-collegiate athlete, just to kind of talk about, because no one prepared me for this. Like no one prepared me for what the aftermath of college athletics looked like. And maybe mine was a little different because I continued to be like, be self-employed in the running world. And I didn't like have anything else to focus on other than myself and running, but nevertheless, like, I know it's hard for everyone that kind of deals with it. So anyways, so I know a lot of people, this is like, been, I don't even know how long I've been recording for, but I know a lot of people are probably like, okay, where are you at with running now? And it's honestly hard to say because I feel like some days I wake up and I'm like, I love running or like, I love running with friends. It's like one of my favorite things to do. But then also like, I think about, you know, having the structured training plan of like running 30 miles a week this week, then 40 miles the next week, and then like having to skip out on this trip because I have to get in my long run. Like that kind of makes me nervous and that kind of makes me dread it again. So it's like, I'm trying to find that happy balance of like being a normal working person now, especially because I have my nine to five job, being able to find that routine that allows me to like feel good about myself and like feel fulfilled with that running aspect and find that new source of fulfillment with running, whatever that may be. And whatever that means that I have to do in the running world, like it, does being fulfilled for me now mean running 30 miles a week? I don't know. I haven't tried it yet, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have to see what it looks like now with the, like the full-time job and everything. And yeah, right now, I mean, it's been really fun to train for this 30 day all out mile challenge with Under Armour that I'm doing. I, I just ran a mile benchmark this past weekend and I ran 6.15 and that was with no training on the roads. So honestly better than I was expecting because I really have not been running at all really because of my move and everything. And then just deciding to get a full-time job. I don't know, just running hasn't really been my priority. But then when Under Armour came to me to like do this challenge, I was like, you know what? Let me just see. And without any judgment, that's the other thing is like, I don't, I was obviously really nervous because of course I'm going to compare myself to be like, remember when I used to run 439, but the fact that I can even run 615 right now off of no training at all, I don't know, kind of, I kind of impressed myself and also like running that, running the all out mile just kind of brought back memories. And I really, that's like where the fulfillment comes in. Like I really, really feel fulfilled when I challenge my body. Like when I do something physically hard like that, like I just remember running that mile and I, I mean, it, it hurts so bad, but then it just like fulfills me so much that it's like, I know what running will always be a part of my life because I need that. I need that aspect of part of my life. And I've come to realize that over the last couple of years, like 
I just need to find what that balance is. And I know like, <laughs> I mean, everyone that follows me is probably just tired of like my inconsistency. And honestly, like I'm tired of my own inconsistency as well. I think that's just like the journey of being in your younger twenties is kind of figuring out what you want to do and like how to balance everything. And obviously I am far from perfect as you guys know by now, but yeah, like my main advice for everyone is to just be gentle on yourself because for me, like the biggest thing that gets in my way is my own mind and my own negative thoughts. That's where it really starts to go downhill. And that's where a lot of my challenges these days come from. So yeah, I, it's like, it's hard to know exactly where I stand with running right now. I mean, for the next 30 days, obviously it'll be fun to train for that mile, just like running a lot more. And I'm also doing a lot on the bike and the spin bike, like just getting back into routine of doing cardio every day because I really love the way it makes me feel is so important. And also trying not to be an all or nothing person at this point in my life, because I feel like I am a really all or nothing person. And that's the opposite of balance. And instead of saying, okay, Emma, you have to run 40 miles this week. Like, okay, Emma, let's try to work out five times this week. I think it's really important. And it's something I really need to be gentle with myself with because if I create this whole plan of like running 40 miles and doing these workouts, I'm gonna stress myself out and then I'm gonna give up. And I just, it's taking little steps and just getting back into routine, which is also why I got the full-time job, is gonna be so important for me and yeah, so for right now, like the way I'm gonna the way I'm gonna leave this episode off, which is like my running story, is that like I know it's not done yet, but for right now, I just need to find a better balance in my life to have running be like a positive thing once again, and like have it be something I look forward to rather than something that I feel like I'm forcing myself to do for social media or and just continuing to try to heal my relationship with running, whether that be like running more with friends or like doing fun workouts that I want to do, I think is just going to be really important for me over the next couple months and just to see where it takes me. And like, again, down the road, I definitely expect myself to, you know, train for something full time again at some point in my life. Like obviously I really enjoy biking and still swimming a bit too. So it's like triathlon is definitely something I want to work on. I just really need to get the mental aspect down before I start to train for anything again. And I don't want to get anyone's hopes up because I feel like I've already done that so many times and I just, I want to be real with everyone and just be like, okay, this is where I'm at. And I don't know exactly when it's going to be perfect or when it's going to be perfect enough to start warranting training full time for something again, like dedicating months and months and months or like years to something. I don't know. And right now it just, it's about me enjoying the sport and kind of sharing that with you guys and continuing to heal my relationship with running and myself and my mind and my body and everything. And just get back into a routine of like, and just start getting into a routine of like being a normal adult and figuring out what running means to me at this point in my life. So I'm like still kind of emotional. I don't really know why, like this is stirring up so much emotion in me, but I think that just kind of shows that it is really something I care about and something that I like want to continue doing. And I'm just trying to find my way right now as like a 24 year old person. So maybe some of you guys really, I know a lot of you guys are like 18 to 22. So maybe you guys are like running in college and you're like, what are you talking about? But if you know, you know, and I think I don't know. I just always want to be transparent with everyone. And I know this is kind of a bit different than any of my other podcast episodes, but I hope you enjoyed it. And I honestly have no idea how long this is. I feel like I've been talking for two hours, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And if you guys enjoyed this solo episode, make sure to comment on the Instagram post that I post for it and saying that you liked it or like DM me because I feel like this was a really emotional and honestly very raw podcast. And I feel like I 
I haven't cried in a while, so this is kind of weird to be doing in front of thousands of people, but yeah, feel free to leave a comment on the Instagram and follow us on Instagram, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me out. And don't forget to like send guest requests or anything. Or if you just want me to do more solo episodes like this, I'm definitely down to do it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I, I, I truly appreciate any of you guys that have followed me for the extent of the time that I've been on the internet because I feel like we've gone through so many waves and just knowing that people are like lifelong followers it really means a lot to me and I mean if you even if you are a new follower and you're listening to this it really means a lot if you made it this far in the episode (laughs) anyway all right well it's literally like 8 p.m and I need to edit this because I've been working all day and now I get to do my passion project my podcast woo and then go to bed and yeah adulting all right Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.